Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back uh, to G. Bush. We back in the building. Good to be back. 1020, rock and roll to about 12 o'clock. Some good games come on. Undefeated Kansas, or excuse me, undefeated Kentucky is playing Florida today. It's a pretty good game. We'll talk about that as well. Um, Coach Prime is on. You know I got to watch that. Got to get to that USC 12 new. Um, but let's get to uh, back to the North Oaks at Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline and talk to Hayden Grove. Hayden, what's going on, my man? Good morning, Chibush. How you doing, man? Hey, man, I can't complain. Cannot complain. Uh, you know, the big news around town, Deshaun Watson uh, looked like he was going to be, um, you know, questionable for the game. It looks like he's going to play. Um, you know, we talked to Mary Kay. We talked to uh, Cameron Justice. Um, you know, in your opinion, um, does this change the way that the Cleveland Browns want to go attack this game as far as a game plan uh, in terms of, uh, you know, predetermined runs or, or or scripted runs or the way they want to push the ball downfield against the Ravens? I mean, maybe a little bit, but I don't think it's going to take too much off of the, the normal game plan. Again, if Deshaun wasn't ready to play, they wouldn't put him out there. If he wasn't, you know, willing to go out there and be himself, um, they wouldn't put him out there. So, no, I don't think it changes too, too much. Um, you know, you have your first 15, and that, that those will be scripted. And, uh, you know, I think they want to get – I think the, they kind of found a little bit of a formula last week, just getting Deshaun some, you know, early completions, getting the ball in guys' hands, and then, you know, maybe gets a little more comfortable. So, um, if that's the case, you're not going to be pushing the ball down the field too much to begin with anyway at the beginning. Um but I think he'll be okay. I, I really don't think that this is like all game, game plan altering injury. And uh, I think it's just something to where, you know, maybe a little bit of pain tolerance. And um, and he pretty, seems to be pretty high on that, given that uh, he's played through some pretty severe injuries in the past. What, what are your thoughts about, um, you know, the way the running backs have played? Um, obviously, uh, Chubb goes down, uh, you know, Jerome Ford would miss most of the preseason, but um He's a guy who, who's who's shown some stuff, two touchdowns uh, last week. Uh, they bring back Kareem Hunt. How do you see this uh, backfield evolving, and how have you um, liked him so far? Yeah, I think Jerome Ford's been pretty good. I mean, you know, obviously had the great game against uh, Pittsburgh and, and kind of made that run out of nothing for the touchdown. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, he's a very young kid, and he didn't get much in the way of preseason reps. So I think it's going to be, you know, a little bit of work in progress. And then Kareem, I think, you know, Kareem last year looked like he lost a step, but I think he got it back. Um, I don't know if it was the weight loss or just, you know, being kind of having a little more time in the offseason or whatnot, but he seems to have that that turbo mode that he kind of goes into again. So that's great to see. And uh, when you have both those things, I think that that definitely helps. So, um, 
I think they've been good. I, I think that this offense is not going to be um, – it's kind of – I think Nick Chubb was more of like the, the break in, cl- in case – or break glass in case of emergency kind of guy. Like he was the uh, the the uh, fire extinguisher, if you will. If things weren't going well, you just hand him the ball. But I think this offense is going to be, uh, you know, a pass-first offense, and it's kind of just Jerome and Kareem's job to supplement that as best they can. You know, you, you look at the offense and, and, and what they've been able to do uh, last game, especially against Tennessee. Um, I thought they did a, did a good job of, uh, you know, getting them back on rhythm. There was a lot less plays outside of the pocket, outside of structure. I thought, you know, he got to his reads really, very relatively quickly. Had two big-time throws down the sideline to Donovan Peoples-Jones and to, uh, and, and, and to um, you know, Mari Cooper. Um, some guys haven't really gotten involved yet. Uh, David Njoku hasn't gotten involved uh, as much. Uh, Elijah Moore, we heard a bunch about Elijah Moore uh, in the in the preseason. Haven't seen him so much. So much is, is the role uh, hasn't really blossomed and ma- turned out what it what we thought it would be. Um, what are your thoughts on the way that they've been using Elijah Moore? Do you think he he starts to get um, you know more touches, becomes more involved in? And how do you uh, think that they they will uh, get David and Joku involved as well? Yeah, I think it's um, it's hard, right? I mean, I, I agree with you totally that there's there's just when you have so many weapons, it's, there's going to be guys that are left out, right? I mean, you know, you know, you want to run the ball, you're going to have Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt running the ball. You want to throw the ball, and you want to get Elijah Moore involved. And Elijah Moore, you know, they're they're really making an effort to get the ball in his hands. But when it comes to just the receivers, I mean, it looks like, you know, they haven't really mar- gotten Marquise Goodwin involved. They haven't really gotten Donovan Peoples-Jones involved that much. Um, and then, you know, David Joke was kind of, unfortunately, kind of the last of the uh, the last of the, the playmakers to get involved. Um, it's just hard. There's just a lot of guys to get the ball to. So David said it great the other week, and I, I can't applaud David Njoku enough. I think the way that he's evolved and he's grown over the last, you know, seven years has been remarkable to watch. I mean, um I think he really is now the consummate team guy, and he's he really is worried about winning and worried about blocking and worried about, you know, not necessarily just getting the ball and scoring touchdowns. But, you know, I don't know if Dave is going to get involved. I mean, I I think it could be just a week-to-week thing to where, you know, whatever the, game, whatever the defense dictates is where the ball is going to go, and that's how it should be. But also, like, you know, there's so many weapons. Like I said, you know, Marquise Goodwin, we don't talk about him at all, but he's a guy that's a, a, a tremendous speedster and a guy that should be getting the ball, you know, on the deep plays and whatnot. So um, th- they have four legit wide receivers who can get the ball. They have, you know, obviously they're running backs. And then David is kind of, unfortunately, maybe the, the seventh guy when you talk about, you know, guys who, you know, have, have been getting the ball. So, I hope I, they will get David involved at some point. It's just a matter of when, but I don't think the numbers are going to be staggering uh, this season just because there are so many options. You know, let's move on to the defensive side of the football. Uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously they've been playing lights out. Um, who's the name of a guy who, who's who been playing really well that you didn't expect him to be playing this well at this point in the season? I think the easy, I think the easy answer is Grant Delpit. I mean, Grant Delpit has been everywhere. He's been... Um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're talking talking to him weekly in press conferences. Like he has been kind of a leader on that defense. He's been making plays left and right. Had the interception against Pittsburgh. 
Um, you know, great coverage guy, great tackling guy. I mean, this is kind of who we expected Grant Delpit to be. He's a big body. He's fast. He's athletic. And I think Grant Delpit, you know, we were expecting Juan Thornhill to be the, the free agent signing and, the, and the, you know, the big hoopla with two Super Bowl rings. And I'm not saying he hasn't been important. Again, everybody on that defense has been amazing, and they're all important, you know. They, they play together. They play in, synchro- in synchronized way. And, uh, but I think Grant Delpit is just – he's been all over the field and just has been, you know, perfect for what they've been doing. So, Grant Delpit, I didn't necessarily expect to have a great breakout year, not because he's not a good player, just, you know, kind of the way that he's played and the kind of position that he's played. But, man, he has been unbelievable. Yeah, listen, I, I, I definitely feel, feel you on uh, Grant Delpit. I mean – it's it's almost like he's a different player. I mean, you know, when it, but when the ball is thrown his way, he's he's been in in coverage and good position to knock the ball away. He's been a, a secure tackler. He hasn't missed many tackles. If, if Grant Delpit, you know, is in the area, he's pretty much making that tackle. Um, and and I, I think he's played probably you know one of his best years, especially when uh, Jim Short says this is the best I've ever seen him play in his life. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I mean that's yeah that says something, doesn't it? I mean if Jim Schwartz is like I didn't even expect this out of this guy, and he's been great. So yeah, I, I agree. He's just like you said. You he, uh, he said he's a sure tackler. He's a he's a big body. That's he's a, he's a big guy, and like you know he's playing kind of like. He's playing kind of like a corner and a linebacker combined, which is exactly kind of what a safety is. And uh, he's just, he's, he's really, really doing a great job. So kudos to him and kudos to Jim Schwartz for, you know, putting him in great positions. Uh, speaking of putting guys in positions, uh, this game against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, obviously, you know what Lamar Jackson brings to the table. You know what he's going to be able to do as far as scrambling and design runs. Uh, you know, I, I'm of the nature um, where I just say, hey, man, you know, if you've been running a certain style, and you've been aggressive and you've been running man and coverage behind the uh, the front four, then I, I think you keep the same game plan and just, you know, figure it out from there. Where do you stand on the situation? Do, do you think that the Browns should switch it up? Your, what are your thoughts on, on where they go in terms of the game plan for Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I think that uh, I, I think the Browns have played Lamar Jackson really well. Um, in terms of, you know, the Browns have been so good against the run. I mean, they've been great against the past too, but like, I don't necessarily foresee, like, all of a sudden, you know, Lamar Jackson or Baltimore's offense running for, you know, 200 yards in this game. Um, I think Baltimore's going to want to throw the ball. I think they're going to want to, you know, get guys in space and, you know, maybe maybe not the deep passing game, but the short passing game and kind of just chunk and move it along. Um, you know, I, I really see the Browns playing well defensively in this game. It's not Lamar. It's not the fact that Lamar isn't great because he is, but, like, uh, this 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 team is kind of built for that, and they, they they kind of built their team around facing a guy like Lamar Jackson. Like you know, the JOK can kind of use him as a spy, and I think they're going to try to blitz him at certain points. And you know, the way that this defense plays is kind of perfect for Lamar because they they don't really have a weakness. They're great against the run. They're great against the pass. So you know, usually with Lamar, you kind of have to pick one. It's like, okay, are we going to let him run? Are we going to let him throw? Well. They don't have to let him do either. And uh, I think it's going to really bode well for Cleveland in this game. And, uh, you know, Lamar is going to have to prove that he's, you know, an elite, elite passer um, because I think that that's how, you know, this defense is going to make him play. Talking to Hank Grove on the North Orleans Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's another, uh, you know, the big thought process here um, that the Browns are, you know, could be possibly three and one going into the break. Do you think that more people um, will buy in? I think one of the things that a lot of people talk about is 
the, some people in the national media had the Browns winning six games and, and the Browns, you know, coming in last place in the AFC North. Um, you know, when you see they have an opportunity to go three and one into the bye week coming out against a really big game against the 49ers, if they can win, uh, do you think this game goes a long way into people starting to be like, okay, maybe we might need to actually start talking about the Browns a little bit here. Garrett, I, I appreciate the question, and I don't think fans should care. Well, I don't think fans, I don't think anyone should care what the national media says. I mean, these guys just, again, they, 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 they cover all 32 teams. They don't, they don't come to the organization. They're not in the building every day. Like, what does it matter what the national media says? And I know that maybe, like, oh, you want the national media to speak highly of Cleveland, and that's great, and I agree with that. But, like, who cares? Who cares what Stephen A. Smith says? Who cares what Skip Bayless says? Who cares? Who cares what Colin Coward says? Who cares what any of these dudes say? They sit in their offices. They sit on their, you know, their their porcelain thrones or whatever. Not porcelain thrones. <laughs> that's the toilet. They sit on their. They sit on their 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 whatever. They're high up, um, and they just watch from afar. And they don't know the ins and outs. They don't see what's going on. They just see it from a distance. They can't watch every game. They can't possibly watch every game. So. I really, I really couldn't care less what the national media says at this point. It, good or bad, honestly, good or bad, um, because they don't, they don't know the organization. They just, they just say things to say things and to get clicks and to get entertainment. And uh, so, I mean, does it? Would it be nice to get some national respect? Sure, but like, who cares? Like, play the games, win the games, and then you know, then you'll get your respect. Um, it doesn't matter what they say, good or bad. So. I think, yeah, I think three and one would help with that, obviously. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I do think, too, that there is a lot of vitriol from the national media about, you know, Deshaun Watson and, and the Browns picking him up. And, um, you know, I don't think that will go away anytime soon. And maybe it's not even until Deshaun's gone. So um, who cares is my point. And I'm not saying that to you. Like, I appreciate the question. I get the question. But, like, if I'm a fan, I wouldn't care a, a lick about what the national media says. Yeah, I, I, the angle I was more going at it is 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 the I, I think um, who said it best, uh, Jamar Chase, um, and and I would I would lump in together not, not just the national media but the overall perception of the Cleveland Browns of the Browns just being the same old Browns, right? You know, there's a level of people saying, you know, hey, uh, you know, the Browns they may be decent now or or they may look decent, but it's the same old Browns, and I think. Um, you know, I think in general that that does persist until you win the games. If you win the games, then people have no choice. They look crazy if they, you said the same old Browns, same old Browns if you win it. Um, and, and, and so for me, I think what it would the main uh, idea is, you know, winning games like this against the Baltimore Ravens go a long way into saying that, look, hey, you got to beat those guys that have been traditionally the bullies in your division. And I think that winning a game like this, at least in the locker room, goes a long way to say, hey, we're not the same old guys, and we, we don't care about the past, it's about the future. Yeah, and I, I, you're completely right. I think it goes beyond the locker room. I, you're right. I think the NFL takes notice when the Browns win games like this. And, and you know, I, I don't for whatever reason, the Browns are just they're taking shots this year. I mean – you know, Jamar Chase comes after him, and then, um, you know, and then you got, uh, it was it Patrick Queen or, or no, Roquan Smith yep, came Roquan after him this week. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's kind of funny. I think it's a little bit of an insecurity thing. You know, I think it's like they're trying to will the Browns to be the same old Browns by saying these things, but they're not. They know they're not. They can see they're not. 
And uh, so, yeah, I completely agree with you that winning these games will definitely start to shed that image. Um, the more they win them, the, the more winning they do, the more that image of the same old Browns, Browns is Browns, Cleveland is Cleveland, that will go away. So, yeah, games like this are huge for that, huge. And I think, you know, Pittsburgh, I think that was part of the reason for the, such the disappointment against Pittsburgh because, you know, the Browns are so wanting to shed that image of the Browns to the Browns, and then they go out and play like the old Browns on Monday Night Football in front of the whole country, and everybody sees it, and they lose to their rivals yet again. And it's just like there was no reason for them to lose that game. They were a better team. They just, you know, Deshaun and the offense were just horrendous. And uh, so that's kind of why I guess the Browns Browns label is still around because they play games like that. So if the more they can eliminate games like that, the more they can win these big games against their rivals. Heck yeah, man! Let's—they're uh, going to shed that label real fast. Uh, you know, if they do win this game, and I, I don't want to put anything in the cart before the horse or anything like that. I believe in hey, you got to stay in the moment when it comes to these games. Um, but what do you make of the AFC North in a big picture? Um, right now, you you see um, obviously the Steelers. You know, they, they did um, win a game at home against the Browns earlier. Now, we, we talked about that disappointment. Uh, the, the Bengals uh, were able to get a win. Joe Burrow is, you know, is not 100%. And obviously, the Ravens coming in here after they kind of dropped one to the Indianapolis Colts. How do you kind of see the AFC North? And do you think this is probably the most competitive div- uh, division in all of football? It might be. I mean, there's just, you know, I'm not. The funny thing is, like, I don't see an elite team in the AFC North. I don't see, like, a team that's, like, elite. You know, you have the Chiefs, you have the Dolphins, you have some teams you consider elite. And I just don't think any team in the AFC North is elite. But they're all good. Like, every team in the AFC North is good. I think the Browns are good. I think the Steelers are good. I think the Ravens are good. I think the Bengals are good. Now it's just a matter of right now I think they're all good. Who is going to end up being great? Is there a great team in this division? Or is there an elite team in this division? You know, the cream is going to rise to the top. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. So, I, I really think that is a, I think it might be the toughest division of football, and I think they are going to beat up on themselves. But um, I think it's just too early to tell who's going to be great and who's going to be good. Um, I think at the end of the season, you're going to look at the AFC North and say, man, there were three really good teams, but this team was great, whoever wins the division. So um, the Browns could be that team. There's no doubt. The defense has been great. The defense has been the best in the NFL. So it's up to the offense to kind of, you know, bring that together, and uh, and the Browns definitely can be that great team that leads the division at the end of the year. All right, let's get a prediction, and we'll get you out of here, man. What do you, what do you got uh, coming up on, uh, on on Sunday between the Browns and the Ravens? I'm not doing predictions this year, but what I will say is that I think the Browns are the Browns defense is going to have a really, really good time with Lamar. I mean, they, they've played him well. They kind of know his tendencies. I think that um, and that's going to bode well for Cleveland. So I think Cle- I will say that I think Cleveland has the edge. I think Cleveland can win this game, and I think they probably should win this game, um, given that you know the defense they're playing is elite. And I just need to see the offense, you know, deliver another performance like they did against the Titans. You know, I need to see Deshaun play really well and uh, get the running game going and play some really complimentary football. So I think the Browns they're a favorite for a reason. I think they should win this game, um, but you know you got to you got to go out and do it. You know, we said the same thing against Pittsburgh. They should have won that game, and they didn't do it. So, um, no reason the Browns wouldn't should win this game. I, I think that they, you know, they have every opportunity to, and uh, it's just a matter of going out and doing it. Hayden, thanks so much for uh, joining us, and we appreciate your time. All right, G. Bush. Thank you, man. Have a great day. All right, man. Hayden Grove on the North Olsen Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Let's go right to a 2020 update. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.